Thank you for listening to the Interdimensional Traveler's Guide to the Shattered Verse. I apologize for this episode coming out a little bit later than it usually would. Um, the We are going to start doing bi-weekly episodes, um, so the next will be the two Wednesdays from now. Um, but thank you, and we enjoy doing this podcast, but any help would be appreciated in liking, sharing, letting people know, or even giving a little bit more. <laughs> Thank you. The stars at night shine big and bright, deep, deep in your heart. Hello? Hello? Can anyone hear me? If you can hear me, I still can't hear you, since that's how this broadcast thing works. But please shout into the void anyway. Who knows? Maybe on a quantum level your shout will reach my ears. I could really use the help, as I have been drifting, lost, in the in-between, for what feels like an eternity, although my calendar says it's just been two standard weeks. But alas, I've been all alone. Just me and Winry, the onboard AI, and she runs out of jokes quickly. You can only hear, why did the cockatrice cross the road? For the sweet release of death, so many times before it loses its humor. I guess we could talk about the history of the in-between. It's always existed, as that space between dimensions. There are few beings that can survive in the vacuum, and the weird physics of a dimension with neither innate time or space. Fun fact, no one has actually ever seen the in-between and survived, since there is no way for a living being to comprehend a dimension that has neither space nor time. But I like to imagine it's a color somewhere between purple, green, and orange. There have been some major battles and events that have taken place here, though. There was the Battle for Universe 443, in which the final Empire Armada ambushed the navy of the United Republic in the in-between and destroyed their offense before they were even able to make it to the dimension. This was a major turning point in the Verse War, as the United Republic's navy had been thought of as unstoppable. There was also the catastrophic failure of trying to launch Neo-Anor, a satellite city to exist in the in-between. The city had ordinarily been floating in the Crescent Galaxy, but had decided to try and establish themselves as a utopia for freedom and individual expression in the in-between. The entire city was eaten by an aberrant whale. And, of course, the still unsolved disappearance of the luxury cruiser, the Opulence. The creative director for the company thought that it would be a great idea to take a tour of the in-between as a way to get an edge on the competition. Needless to say, the creative director 
was put to death and his name removed from all records. Otherwise, what's there to talk about in the in-between? There are no native residents worth talking to. There are no cities or sights to see. It really is just a means to another end. And perhaps the worst of all, there is only the on-board rations to eat, and while I should be thankful to have food at all, I still don't understand where in a time where we can make potato chips taste like anything we want, the on-board rations still taste like warm, moist paper. Dear Wanderers, there seems to be something wrong with my dear Lyric Shambler. Winry, could you please run a diagnostic scan? No mechanical faults found. Just a heat signature on the outside of the ship. A visitor! Please don't tell me to open the hatch. Open the hatch! How have you stayed alive this long? Opening hatch. The heat signature has disappeared. Well, I'll close the hatch then. Why would you open the hatch? Wanderers, it feels like the right moment for teaching you how to live. But at this point, what would really be the point? Just close your eyes and embrace the fact that you are lost, likely on a massive rock floating through an uncaring void at a speed that if you could feel it would be panic inducing. A tiny speck tossed around by the cruel and uncaring winds of fate and happenstance. Let's check out some of the sights of the Lyric Rambler. First, let's go to the Genesis engine. This is the wonderful machine that creates a personal dimension and allows us to travel in this harsh vacuum of space-time. Another brilliant aspect of the engine is that it allows some dimensional manipulation sort of like a holographic chamber. It can be quite interesting for those with an active imagination. My imagination seems to be acting up as I keep hearing a quiet breathing just behind my back, but turn to find that there nothing is there. But it could definitely be used to know how it feels to ride a unicorn, such a majestic creature that would normally impale anyone who got close enough to try and ride it. Winry, if you could stop playing with the dimensional manipulator. I am doing nothing of the sort. You know that I act based solely on your command. Well then, let's get out of this room with its unattributed breath. Hmm, I would show you my bedroom, but you'd have to buy me a drink first, so that will just have to remain an open invitation, if our paths ever cross, dear wanderer. Here is the control room where the navigation center and Winry's console is located. It also happens to be where I keep the souvenirs from my travels. Like here is the skull of a shrieking morcac, the six-winged venomous serpent that haunts the wastes of the Doralurin universe, 
Oh, and the skull of the 88th president of the Democratic States of Honora? That one was not easy to get, and may also be responsible for why I can never step foot in the DSA again. What was that? Dear Wanderers, I don't think that I am alone on the Shambler. Winry, could you run that heat scan again? You are still the only heat signature on the ship. Hmm. Perhaps I have just spent too much time with only Winry to hear my thoughts. How long have we been lost in this strange liminal space? Can we really even keep track of the time without reference to the outside worlds? Perhaps we are the only ship left in the multiverse, with some catastrophic destruction having reduced all of the separate dimensions into just the vacuum of the in-between. While we have no contact with another dimension, we are able to keep track of time. It has been two standard weeks. Perhaps we will never really know. Oh, if I could just turn off the life control. Gravitational control and lights have been disabled. That's just petty. I was not the one to switch them off. There appears to be a glitch in ducked A-417C. And you're super sure there isn't any other being on this ship. Super sure, but that being does not register heat. It may, of course, be cold blooded. May I suggest the AI system shutting down? Winry, this is not the time for your automatic updates. Well, beans, dear wanderers, it would appear that I really am all alone now, with no lights and no gravity, floating in a fancy, useless tin can in the abyss between space. At least there is that terrifying clicking noise that has been steadily growing louder since Winry went offline. Wanderers, I feel or fear that I am not as alone as I have previously believed. If you can hear me, if anyone can hear me, I am in grade, grave need of help. The clicking noise continues to grow louder, as whatever beast that could survive in this uncaring void presumably comes closer and closer to me. Perhaps my only consolation is that due to the glitch, I am unable to see the creature as it moves closer and closer to me, presumably with massive draws dripping with the viscera of its last hunt. Instead, I approach my demise in a cold tin womb, completely oblivious of my murderer. Wow, this creature is really taking its time to murder me, and pondering my own demise is getting really tiring. Oh, it's... wait. Oh no, definitely do not do that. Egads! What in the name of Uressa and all that is magic are you thinking? Dear Wanderers, the control room is now flooded with people and monsters. Get your hands off of me! 
Some of them are most definitely armed, and everything in the multiverse is dangerous. I should probably deal with all of this. Wanderers, here is a randomly selected audio file from my wrist computer for your enjoyment. Whatever you do, do not play this recording on your ridiculous show. Why do I even need to tell you that? The next object we need you to collect is in the Crescent Galaxy. This is a thermo-bioelectric generator that has recently been created by a small startup called Cybedna Industries. It is in a small city called Three Forks. Once you have the object in your hands, please report on Ben's Bistro's Bison Burger. If you need extraction, report on Bison's Bistro's Three Alarm Omelette. And this time, whatever you do, do not report on your own theft of it as well. Don't even mention the item. And we are definitely docking your pay for mentioning our break-in of the entertainment company's headquarters. What were you thinking? Just do your job. Signed, Mr. Volquez, Senior Administration Officer of the Prima Corporations. Dear Wanderers, there seem to have been some misunderstandings. The Beast was just the baby screaming Moorcrack, Grigorovich, my pet and the child of the one I have the skull for. He apparently gnawed through some of the wiring since he was bored as well. The two keepers, who heard my distress signal, were not quite aware that Grigorovich was not an imminent and lethal threat and may have thought I was responsible for some thefts. Oh, and I've met them before. It's Humor and Trilly, the keepers from Haven. Apparently, they were trying to arrest me even then. Such a weird way to show affection to a stranger. Thankfully, no one was hurt physically in the altercation, although I was hurt emotionally by the accusation that I could be a thief. Either way, Grigorovich returned to the bowels of the Shambler. The keepers managed to get Winry back up and running and placed me under arrest. That would not do, of course, so I slipped out of the handcuffs and snuck back out the Rambler, and once they had led the ship out of the depths of the in-between and towards some real dimensions, we unlinked from them and jumped into a parallel dimension, and then jumped dimensions from there until we had successfully lost them. I am still concerned. When we definitely registered a heat signature outside of the Rambler, but Grigorovich is cold-blooded and the Keepers had not yet arrived, and she assures me that there definitely was something attached to the ship, and the only place for it to go was inside. So there is definitely some stowaway that has snuck its way into my ship, and it hasn't even come to say hello or pay its fare.
The Interdimensional Traveler's Guide to the Shattered Verse is a production of Dimensions Role-Playing System. It is written and voiced by Thea Lake, and Winry was voiced by Maria Ruiz. If you'd like to contact us with comments or questions, you can email us at itgsvpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, or Twitter. Now is your tea time. Your word of wisdom is dysmorphia. First, I need you to tense all of your muscles. So tense that your entire existence could snap with just the slightest increase in pressure. For many of you, you will already be there as it is your base state of existence. Now I need you to let go. Loosen your muscles. Lower your shoulders. Melt into whatever surface you are standing, sitting, or resting upon. Good. Now that we are all relaxed, let's talk about weeds. Like how soil can become something new and unwanted when it appears where we don't want it, where we decide it is in the wrong space. How a flower becomes a weed in a farmer's garden. Do we know what is the right space for us? Where our bloom can be appreciated? Where we aren't plucked out like a weed? Do flowers know when they are weeds? Is it resistance or self-loathing that places them in this designated wrong space? Can it be both? Or can we even find self-love in the wrong space?